Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Welcome, Melanie Hustis. I like my guests to introduce themselves, so I'm going to let you do that. But I will just tell the audience that um, I find I found Melanie through just a podcasting Facebook group we're in every once in a while. I think what it was was that I posted saying that I was looking for guests. Yep. Or I responded to something. Um. And what attracted me to you was your perspective on soul contracts. And I'll tell you that it is my belief that we can believe anything we want to believe. And for some people, it's very comforting to think about new ways to understand a soul or whether what does a contract even mean for some new listeners or that's something I've heard before. Is it something I want to investigate more so that I want to believe? For me, this idea was very healing after my own abortion. Mm -hmm. I've told this story on the podcast before, but I'll tell you quick. Uh, I hadn't had my abortion yet. So I was still, but I had pretty much decided and just hadn't had the appointment. And I don't even remember at this point, it's probably in some other episode, what I plugged into YouTube dangerous the word abortion in youtube like could go in any direction i can imagine like now i wouldn't care now i'd be like oh curious but at the time i was very vulnerable and like raw (laughs) right but for some spirit-led reason i decided i'm not even a youtube watcher i decided that i was going to do this and what popped up was this video about soul contracts and this idea that these um, that there are souls who are testing the, and I don't know your opinion. So we're going to get into your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> there are these souls who are testing the waters almost. It's like, do we want to come in? Do we not want to come in? Do we have, do we, is this all we're supposed to come in for or whatever? I found this video so incredibly healing because it just sort of validated like, this isn't all on me. Like, I'm not the only one who made this decision. I'm just a part of the relationship that's happening here. Right. Never found the video again. Really? I even tried to share it with people and I could not find it anywhere. It like disappeared. That's crazy. Like (laughs) crazy awesome. (laughs) I have my own thoughts about that that are crazy awesome, but okay. That is my long intro before you tell the audience who you are, what you do, if it matters to you in this conversation, and why you would say yes to to getting on this crazy show with me. Okay. Well, I am Melanie, and I am an energy alchemist. My primary goal in my work is to help women find meaning in their lives, Mm. whether that's through healing trauma, accepting their spiritual side, 
learning to really take control of what isn't working in their life and switching that into gold. And why I was so drawn to this conversation is because my experience in working with women post-abortion is that even if they know it was the best choice for them, there's often a lot of guilt, shame, and judgment still Mm -hmm. lingering. And if there is any way that I can help anyone out there release even the tiniest bit of that, that's a conversation I want to have. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Let's have it. Yeah. Okay. But first let's just do some, um, some like foundational definitions. What a alchemy, I think is a word that not everyone understands. Sure. And B what's an energy alchemist. I think it does matter for the conversation we're going to have. Sure. So alchemy traditionally in the olden days was searching for what they call the philosopher's stone, which was Mm -hmm. just being able to live forever, right? Mm. It was healing the body. It was also diving into the science of heavy metals and transforming lead into gold. Mm. And so I work with energy to transmute heavy into light, darker into more positive. So I use the term alchemy in that respect. Yeah. Also that whatever is lead in your life, what is heavy, what is dark, what is hard to carry, Mm -hmm. how can we turn it into gold, which is something that holds incredible value. Love it. That's the, I do that too. (laughs) I think we all either do do it or can do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Once we learn how we're all capable of healing ourselves. That's a huge belief of mine. Yeah. So there's the one piece of the conversation that I already um, led into, which is like you mentioned in my invitation for a podcast guest that you had this, these belief systems about um, soul contracts. Yes. And then this is a second layer of the conversation, this alchemy, this like turning the, the darkness into light, turning the heavy into light, um, turning the lead into gold. So there's just like two conversations happening here. We could have about five or six probably if we wanted. Oh, we could talk all day. <laughs> getting I'm that feeling. <laughs> positive that that's what could happen. Um, can we start with the soul contract thing? Just because Absolutely. it's because I had my massive lead up to it and I'm really curious. Like I said, I don't know your perspective and I, I'm really curious what you've learned and found and how you've found that and how it's been useful for people. Okay. So the two things that I think are really important to this specific conversation is I believe that our souls choose their parents. Okay. So your child chooses to come into your body at conception. Okay. You don't get a say in that. Okay. So a lot of times we think that we will call in certain, you know, maybe it's a loved one that has passed yeah. or someone um, specifically. No, our kids choose us. And interestingly, my youngest told me the story when she was two of how she chose me to be her mother. <laughs> Whoa. And <laughs> I won't give you the whole story, but the gist of it, and she was looking down from heaven and she said, you were so dark. And oh, at the time, oh, when I, I was younger, pills. <laughs> I had black hair. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, she liked my black hair. But yeah. what she meant and what I've learned to realize is I had so much darkness in me mm-hmm. that needed to be healed. And so she Whoa. chose me because of that. Right. Wow. So when our children choose us, whether they are here for a couple weeks in utero 
or a lifetime outside of our bodies. They have a purpose in it. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly the same if an abortion happens. Yeah. The children know, the souls know what they're signing up for, but they still want to give us whatever healing, whatever purpose that they can in the time that we have together. Yeah. As you know from my initial story, I'm 100% all on board with this. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, it's just something someone made up one time because it made them feel good and in my opinion it doesn't even matter if that's true because if it feels good it's the whole point but is there any what some would call evidence of this now your daughter's story is could be tapped into like evidence of this yeah. That's not going to sell a whole lot of people. Others would be like, that's amazing. I'm all in. Like, are there people who have like research or I don't know, like, I, I'm are sure there, there are-, are there cultures that this comes from? Because, right, some cultures believe can um, the soul comes in at birth, right? Or the soul yep. comes in at a certain stage of the pregnancy or the soul could be exactly. weeks. Yep. Every so, culture has a different belief. It seems right. <laughs> so where, where do these ideas come from? And as you can imagine, many of my listeners struggle with deciding. Yes. <laughs> so if there are many belief systems, how do we decide what we want to believe? How do we decide that it's true enough because it feels good? Okay. Well, my first was going to say, you already said, I don't give a crap (laughs) if it's true or not either. (laughs) If it brings me peace, if it brings you peace, fucking run with it. Yeah. Like don't look back. You're not going to die and get to the other side and have, if you believe in God, have God say, well, you were a little too kind to yourself. Right. Why did I believe that thing that made me feel better? What was wrong with me? (laughs) (laughs) So I wouldn't even worry about that personally. Um, As far as where, it comes from, it can come from any place. Like we, we've said, different religions, different cultures have different beliefs around it. It could be your own experience. I've talked to women where they just felt something shift within them at a certain time when they were pregnant that they didn't yeah. feel previous. But for me, not just with when does the soul come in, but with every single aspect of life, I tune into my own intuition, to my own body. And if I get a feeling when my body settles, when my shoulders come down, when it's like a a release, that's a hell yes. Mm-hmm. And if I tense up and my shoulders come up and I'm in my brain thinking, oh, is it true? Does they come in at three months? Do they come in at five months? That means I'm just an ego. I'm stuck in that, you know, thinking loop and it's not true for me. Mm, oh, so that's I'm, so good. It's not true I'm not for here, me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not here to convince anyone of my belief system. Yeah. And most of the people in my life don't hold the same belief system as me. I'm out there. I get that. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because I know what's right for me. And when we can make a decision that feels right for us, we don't have the guilt, the shame, the overthinking afterwards. Yeah. So we don't have to agree, you and I. We just have to both come to that place where it's right for us. Yeah. Did was it the was it the story about your daughter? Like, or when did you start believing this for yourself? Like, 
I told you when I started believing this for myself, I, I mean, I had heard like ideas about soul contracts before, but like it really sunk in when I saw that YouTube video, I was like, that's it. I'm sold. I'm done. I'm never looking back. And if I look back, no big deal. Change my mind moving on to the next thing that feels good. But I'm super curious, like, was it, what for you was the thing that helped you with it introduced you to this idea? So I can't tell you the exact moment it was introduced. I've been talking to spirit the other side, literally my entire life. I've never mm-hmm. not. So <laughs> yeah. I don't have a before this experience like uh-huh. a lot of people do. And I've never thought of this. But what is coming up is when I was in my early 30s, mm-hmm. I met three women. And I couldn't even tell you exactly where I met them. We just all kind of came together, the four of us. And we were all at the pinnacle of some really, really hard healing around sexual abuse. Okay. And it bonded the the four of us together. And what we discovered, all of us are psychics and mediums. And what we discovered is that this was not our first lifetime together. That's why we instantly found each other and connected Mm -hmm. and trust each other with the most sensitive, you know, and triggering parts of ourselves. Yeah. And we started to remember the other lives that we had had together. Whoa. And I've never done this. This oh, I've never done. It's amazing. It's kind of on my bucket list of someday, but I've never done this. So, so we remember, again, once we came together and that started opening, like dozens of lives where the four of us in different ways have come together to support each other. And I think that is when it really clicked in for me that, Oh, we really do agree before we come into these bodies that we're going to connect. We're going to help. We're going to support and love each other. We have multiple questions. Um, One is in your belief system. Are, are, or can be, or can souls connect to more than one human body? Like, okay. I don't even know what I mean by the word connect. So let me try and say it another way. Okay. For instance, I believe the energy of this soul that came to me before my abortion was like, I call her grace. Okay. And then sometimes I think, well, grace may decide to come into a different human body. Maybe Mm -hmm. one that I know, like that somebody that I know. Maybe somebody, I don't know, in Indonesia who I will never connect with. (laughs) In your belief system, if this soul energy of grace reincarnated into a different body across the world, like, Mm -hmm. is that where it lives now? And I could not then reconnect with it? Because I'm very connected to that soul energy now. Yes. So... I'm just curious. I don't, I'm not attached to any answer here. I'm just curious. Okay. So (laughs) there's a lot of places that I want to go with this. So if I get too far off track, just reel me back in. So the short answer, yes, you absolutely can connect with grace. Mm -hmm. Grace may be incarnated into a different human form. Mm -hmm. Grace may be incarnated into a form that is not human. Mm -hmm. Grace may be stuck in the ethers. Grace may be in what someone would call heaven. I mean, there are so many different possibilities of where that soul energy could currently be incarnated mm-hmm. or not incarnated, right? But that doesn't mean that you can't connect 
Okay. So when, for example, if I am, okay, this is actually one of the four women I talked about a moment ago. She was doing healing on a client and she came across some big energy that she needed support with. So she contacted myself and one of the other women and had us come in to support her in that healing. So even though we were not physically together, she still called on me. I responded. We worked together. Like we're not defined just by the physical form. We can be present here and also have aspects of us in different places. Yeah. So it doesn't matter where Grace went, you can still connect. And another example is in this lifetime, I was meant to have three children. Mm -hmm. I currently have two children. Very much decided after the second one, did not want the third to come in Mm -hmm. under no uncertain terms. So the soul of baby number three comes and pesters me frequently, (laughs) wants to come in. We have a deal. We have a soul contract to come in. And I'm like, well, I'm not open to that right now. So I can so interesting because. I I do mention this. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but I've definitely mentioned it to clients before because some of my clients have abortions before they're ready to have a family or before their family is complete. And mm-hmm. then some clients like me and maybe like you are like, oh, I'm donezo. This human yeah. body is not having any more human bodies. <laughs> I'm with you there too. <laughs> <laughs> so... That stirs up some questions like if this soul was meant for me and I'm done, am I messing with the system, right? Like, am I, have I like created a problem now? My belief system is like souls, soul consciousness, all this stuff doesn't have problems the way humans have problems. It's just a flow and an adaptation and a movement that changes. But this is a question that, that I know many of my clients have is like, well, I like this idea of a soul contract, but I'm not having any more kids. So um, I love that you brought this up. (laughs) And even with soul contracts, they are like any contract we make on earth. (laughs) It can be canceled. You can back out. You can not hold up your end of the deal. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) And so part of a big part of what I do in my work is I actually cancel contracts for people. So, and that's, sorry, this is just fascinating. I, I mean, I, I think like I was almost there in my belief system before, but it's clicking differently now. Cause I think a lot of times when we hear soul contract, we think more like, um, what are the other words I'm looking for? Like fate or destiny or like, what? what's the word when it's like predetermined karma? and you have no choice? I guess, yeah, fate, destiny, karma, you could use that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right? It's like, I love this introduction to the idea that a contract, that it can be broken and that's okay. And I can't believe you do that work with people. That's wild. Yeah, and- <laughs> The thing is that, well, my personal belief and my Mm -hmm. experience, I've got 48 years of talking to spirit. So what I believe is based on my experience, Mm -hmm. right? When we are purely in soul form, 
we're like, okay, I want to learn about abandonment. I want to learn how to get rid of an abusive situation. I want to learn about, you know, feeling good about my body. Like, like bring it all on. I'm going to go and be a human. I'm going to learn everything. And we forget when we're not in these fucking meat sacks, how hard it is to be here. So most souls, right. In my experience, yeah, get a laundry list of what they're going to do. And you get down here and you're fucking overwhelmed. Right. And you're like, never mind. Abandonment was enough. I don't also want to learn about what exactly. Oh, this is juicy. I like this a lot. And imagine <laughs> if we gave ourselves permission to not have to do all the things yeah, and just have yeah. one be enough or two or three or whatever you yeah. want. When I came in, I thought maybe, it, you know, I was passionate about all these things, but for me to do anything well takes a lot of work, I'm realizing. And I may need to let go of some of those other things I thought I came in for. Mm-hmm. Sounds something like that? Yeah. Wow, this is very fascinating. But again, it's a This choice. makes me think that as a human, okay, maybe this is what you do when you help people break soul contracts, right? So let me think of my, my own personal struggle, like... First of all, my abortion helped me heal a lot of shit. So that definitely was a part of my life, like things to figure out as a human. Actually, I just, I've spent the last two days just really trying to dive deeper into resources about the Middle East. And one of the things I realized is that my willingness to show up and hear all the sides and be curious about all the sides, so much comes from my work with abortion, right? Like mm. I can hold to so many things to be true at the same time. And yeah. it's just an example of how like in my current life, what I've learned through abortion is so much bigger than just abortion. And um, that's why your grace came through for you in that so, way. Oh, so many, so many ways. <laughs> So if as a human say, okay, you know, those humans who from the outside, you just look at them and they would say this about themselves often. And you're like, how can so many things happen to one person, right? Like they lost a kid and got in a, you know, a car accident that paralyzed them. And then they ended up with cancer, right? It's like, wow, what is happening? (laughs) Mm-hmm. I'm not saying this to put responsibility on those humans. However, I'm curious, could it be that some of those humans have a soul attachment, like had some kind of contract that just has too many things on the plate and and like all these situations are coming in to like introduce opportunity to do all this work that can't be done in one human life. So it could be that. It could be that they have multiple soul contracts that they are working on. It could be that they have lower vibrational forces that are in their lives, like an entity attachment. They could have a curse on them. Mm, it could be, I mean, if we're being honest, <laughs> it could be some lower level stuff as well. Um, what I 
I find more often than not is that when we make a contract, like let's say you and I agree that we were going to make a contract before we came down where we're going to help each other learn about friendship. Okay. And so that's what the contract is about, the end goal, how to learn about how to be a good friend and how to communicate and all that kind of stuff. But as humans, we have free will. We always have a choice in every situation. And what I find is that you can get from point A to point B, which is the sole contract. I start here, I get here. Mm -hmm. There are hundreds of different ways that you can meander through that transition. And for some reason, humans tend to pick the hardest routes. (laughs) So no matter what you choose, I don't believe in right or wrong, good or bad, just choices, decisions. Like you said, you can hold multiple truths at once. Multiple things can be good for you. But the choices that you make don't alter where you end up, but they alter how challenging of an experience that journey is to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So that person, and we see a lot of this, Mm -hmm. at least I see a lot of this, people get stuck in this idea that in order to heal, it has to be arduous. In order for something to have meaning, it has to be intense. Like we have these trauma patterns in our bodies where we're really here for like big experiences rather than just slow and steady, right? Yeah. yeah. If you if you are used to that, you're going to choose that. But you can actively choose a calmer, safer, easier way to get to point B. Yeah. So there's all of these factors that I would say play into why that person seems to have everything go wrong and someone else might seem to have everything go right. Yeah. And also like all of those things that are seemingly unrelated could be related to abandonment right and unless you really right it's like it could just be a bunch of different life lessons for the same or life circumstances sorry for Mm -hmm. the same thing we're trying to figure out Um, absolutely and it's just not clear until you dig in that like this is all related (laughs) and when you do have those situations where that's all related and it's kind of like you see yourself going through the same pattern again and again Typically, I see it's a past life issue, right? Or it's a generational issue. It's something that actually isn't present. The root isn't present in your current experience and incarnation. So that's why you keep repeating it, right? You Mm -hmm. have to clear what came first before you can really lean into shifting that energy. Yeah, I believe all this. Okay, um... Is there anything we haven't said about soul contracts that you think could be useful for a listener who has had one or multiple abortions? And if they're listening to this show, there there's some complexity and, you know, messiness around their experience mm-hmm. that they're trying to heal and work through. Generally, that's the truth. Um, is there anything we haven't said that you think would be healing for someone who's curious about this or... I don't think it's necessarily different than what we've spoken on, but just to reiterate with what we've been talking about, how when there isn't a right or wrong choice to be made, there are simply choices and you will get what you need out of this lifetime, no matter what choices you make, you can't fuck it up. Like you're going to get what you need. And I think it's really important to remember that the same goes for that soul that comes into your body at conception they are going to get exactly what they need from you, regardless of what decision you make. You can't mess it up. So good. Thank you. That's hugely important. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, never mind. I'm not done with this topic. <laughs> I have another question. Okay. What about my listeners who have some kind of, this is not me. So I always get a little wonky when I try and talk about it. Um, what about my listeners who have some kind of foundation in a religion like Christianity? Okay. And so there's this bit of confusion around like who's deciding like is the soul deciding is god deciding is like how do i make sense of what i know about a religion i've been raised with mm-hmm. and this new idea of soul contracts i think that's my main question is like in our conversation it feels very soul driven Right. But in, say, like, fundamental Christianity, it's more God-driven. Okay. <laughs> am, I, am I wrong about that? That's how I... I don't think so. <laughs> okay. So how might someone toss that around in their head? My best belief is don't toss it around in your head. Get out of your head. I Talk to God. Feel what... Okay, that would be my answer too. So if God is your person, you ask God and he'll tell you. If Muhammad is your person, if Buddha is your person, it doesn't matter. They are all beautiful energies of love and support and non-judgment. Yeah. Don't ask other humans. Exactly. Right to the source. Exactly. You go right to the source. And any understanding of a deity that is based in right and wrong, good and bad in judgment. Uh-huh. I will tell you a hundred percent without any doubt, you're not actually connecting to the source of that energy. Yeah, You're connecting with what some human decided was the truth. I'm on board with you there. Yeah. Okay. Let's switch. Just had to do a little pause, make sure I didn't have any more soul contract curiosities. <laughs> um, and I did just want to say to listeners, like, I hope that you can learn from the way we, the way I'm like, like, I've thought about all this before, but the way I like try and think, well, what about this? And what about this? And like, there's this curiosity that I want, if I could like, infuse my listeners with anything it would be curiosity like just stay curious wonder ponder Mm -hmm. um think about it feel into it go in this direction and then backtrack and go in that direction um like even some of the things you said today like you didn't say anything necessarily new but it clicked differently for me today in this conversation because I've already thought about it in other places so like just keep pondering and thinking and like it all clicks together to those aha moments if you stay curious and open. Yes. So, and sometimes we need to hear the same message from a different person. Yeah. Or 50 times before we're ready. It's Absolutely. Totally fine. That's how our brains work. <laughs> I know. Humans. I say to my clients all the time, like, I don't care how long this takes you. Like I'm in, I'm in it. If you're, if you're here and you're showing up, like, Cause sometimes they'll be like, oh, I know we already, we already did this. I'm like, no, there's no already did this. It's like, let's do it again and again and again. It's like, it's fine with me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think we ever stop learning and healing. 
yeah. until we die. And when our bodies stop is when we've learned everything we need to learn in this lifetime. Yeah. So if you're breathing, there's still room for that curiosity. And what else can I do here? Oof. Which comes back to if you carried a pregnancy for five weeks, that's what they needed to learn. They needed five yes. weeks worth of lessons. They didn't need 55 years or 95 years. Like, Or I would say maybe they did need 55 years, but they didn't need it in your body or as your child. Or at this time. Right? Like they can still be connected to you. Like this little guy that's <laughs> swirling around me wants to come in. We're going to spend a whole lifetime together. Wow. It's not okay as my to, child. That's a fascinating, right? It's okay to keep saying no. Yeah. 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 Wow. And I said another night, uh, if you believe in reincarnation, I do. And I've told him very clearly, I'd love to be your mom next time. Yeah. Like, Ooh. come and find me. <laughs> cool. I love that. Oh, I just got chills again. Okay. Um, It is... We've, like I said, already passed the half hour, but let's talk about heavy and light and, and light and darkness and alchemy a little bit. Okay. Um, so a lot of my, a lot of my listeners finally find me because they are struggling. Grief, okay. shame, doubt, um, guilt, regret. Um, and exactly like you said, more often than not, when they made their decision, it was clear. And then it's the thinking about it after that mm -hmm. gets messy, or perhaps they made their decision under a, a lot of pressure from other people. And then they didn't really have time or like space to think about it until after. So a lot of listeners are coming to this show with, um, with some of that heaviness that you talk okay. about. Um, What are some of your deciding where I want to go here? What are some of your a belief systems about what to do with heavy feelings like that, like how to alchemize or be like some of your favorite tools, like a quick little tool or resource to like play with alchemy. <laughs> okay. Well, belief wise, you need to accept what is. Okay. Until you accept, this is the decision I made. This uh, is what happened. Yeah. This is how I'm currently feeling about it. Like no judgment, no why. Yeah. Just this is what is. You're not going to be able to release that. Okay. So, so if I have any flavor of heaviness and I have not yet accepted that this is how it happened, that this was my reality. The alchemy cannot happen. Exactly. Okay. Like think about if someone gets yep. in a car accident, mm -hmm. they can spend years, decades. Well, that person was drunk. It's not fair. How do like, how dare they? Why is this happening to me? What did I do to deserve this? You get caught up in that trying to figure it out. Yeah. You're never going to heal. But if you yeah. can just say it fucking sucks that, and it's not right fair. There. <laughs> but a drunk driver hit me and now I'm going to have, you know, issues walking for the rest of my life. That is my truth. Yeah. And when I can start from there, there's all of this space to let that heaviness, that grief, that whatever yeah. out. Because you're not clenching and holding yourself, basically reliving that experience again and again yeah. and again. Huge. Totally on board with you. 
Yeah. What are some of your favorite ways to get to that place of acceptance? And I always, always, always remind people, listeners and clients, like acceptance does not mean you like it. Just like Melanie just said, (laughs) exactly like she just said, um, it can be that fucking sucked. And I wish it weren't my reality, but it is. So I think many people confuse acceptance with, um, some other word that I can't think of, but it with that essence of like, if I accept it, that means I like it. If I accept it, it means that I'm somehow okay with it. It's like, no, right. it does not mean that at all. Yeah. <laughs> so now that that's clear, um, what are some ways that you help people come to acceptance? So there are so many different paths because I believe Every person is truly unique. I don't have a protocol. I follow yeah, stuff on step either. <laughs> but specifically around dealing with that heaviness around the decision to have an abortion, I would say you have to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you really just have to give yourself grace that this is where I was. We always yeah. do the best we can with where we are. There are no exceptions to that. Yeah. So just give yourself some grace and try to forgive. And then I would say, reconnect with your body Mm. so much of this heaviness, but some people would call trauma or stored survival stress. Yeah, It's literally in the moment. Like, let's say you went for the procedure and you were just devastated, but you felt that you needed to be strong and not fall apart. Yeah. So you hold all of that energy within your cells and your body until you allow that to actually be completed, like allow yourself to truly express what you needed to express, the body will hold you stuck there. Yeah. So coming back to your body, even just touching your body, right? Touching your belly, just connecting to this and saying, it's okay. Yeah. Like it's okay that you feel heavy. It's okay that you're carrying this. And oftentimes when we step into that vibration of acceptance, you're right. It doesn't mean we have to forgive or say it was okay, but that's often what happens as a side effect when we do. Yeah. I would say clear the energy out of your body, you know, get your feet on the earth, ask mother earth to take Mm -hmm. it, use some crystals, some sound dance, put on your favorite song and dance, like move that energy out. And another thing I think again, specific to this conversation that I would recommend to someone is write a letter to the soul that came in. Yeah. And then say what you need to say. And then yeah. burn it and send it back up. Ugh. That would be my my yeah. suggestions that everyone can do themselves. All great suggestions. What I will say, and uh, maybe add or just point out that stuck out for me is like, um, in doing all those things that we just mentioned, any one of them. And I got on with a client today, and I I walked her through some tapping. And she was like, oh, I forgot about tapping. I Why haven't I been using that? I'm like, oh, because you're human and we need like a hundred tools in our toolbox and you don't mm-hmm. always remember to use whatever the I one don't. is that's going to work. <laughs> like that is not a problem. But getting to what I'm noticing when I was listening to you is the place of acceptance feels a lot like clarity. It feels like... um. There's some openness. There's some space created where you can creatively problem solve. Yeah, I think lack of acceptance is like things are like shut and tight and pressure. And so if you're wondering, like, 
well, have I accepted this or have I not accepted this? <laughs> if you have space to think and problem solve and be curious and like, like kind of explore, then mm -hmm. there's a level of acceptance that has probably happened. Mm -hmm. It doesn't like, it doesn't mean it's a one and done thing. <laughs> oh God, no, it's a process. <laughs> it's something that you keep coming back to. But if you're having those moments where you can see it from someone else's perspective, or you can write like those moments of just like more spaciousness, more openness, they're a sign that you've got some levels of acceptance happening. Would you agree with that? I would agree. You know that feeling I'm talking about? Yeah. And I would also yeah. suggest tune in with your body. If you're thinking about the experience and you're doing this. Yeah. That's not acceptance. If you're thinking about it and maybe sad yeah. or maybe a little, you know, sleepy, but you're not tense to not gripping. Yeah. It's almost like acceptance is giving yourself permission to not figure it out. Yeah. Right. To just be exactly. in it and feel it and go with it without having to control it. And that's for me, the biggest place that shows up is in my body. Yeah. Yeah. When I notice my shoulders are here, I'm like, oh, I'm trying to control something. Bring them down. Let it be. Yeah. And that's another place a lot of my listeners come from is like, but why, why did this happen to me? And what you just said is like, we don't get, we don't always get to know why, and we don't always have to know why. And sometimes we can make up why, and that works too. Like this, yeah. this would be my perspectives, right? It's like, but that, that idea that someday I'll realize why or I'll figure out why and then I will feel better then I'll be able to move on um keeps us in that not in that tight hunched closed space that does not invite much healing um yeah there are things we just don't and we'll never understand absolutely there are things that we may never understand also I think further to what you're saying I don't believe that everything happens for a reason I think that's bullshit. Some things just fucking happen, right? Agreed. But what I do believe is that we can find a reason or meaning in every single thing that happens. Yeah. So if you're struggling to figure out the why in your abortion, mm -hmm. why don't you give it meaning? Why don't you yes. find within yourself a purpose that can carry something positive out of that heavy or conflicted experience? No exactly. one's going to tell you you're wrong. Like go with that. A hundred percent. Don't wait for the universe <laughs> to show it to you. Right. Yep. I'm all on board. <laughs> um, okay. Wait, we, we got to the place of acceptance. Oh, from like the, you said step one in terms of alchemizing, Listen, alchemy is not a word I use very often. So I'm learning. You don't have to, to use it. Learning how to play with it <laughs> in this conversation. But in terms of alchemizing that heaviness, that darkness, that um, those parts of life, step one is to come to acceptance. And then what? What's We don't have time to like have another one hour conversation, which I want to, but Step one is acceptance. Then how do I go about beginning to alchemize? So that's going to be, again, totally different. Not to try and avoid the question or anything, but it's going to be totally different for every person. Some people, they need to maybe look at those soul contracts that we talked about at the beginning. Okay. 
maybe someone needs to start moving their body and getting outside in the fresh air every day. Yeah. Maybe someone needs to leave a relationship that isn't working for them. Maybe someone has to go back to school and follow their dreams. Like there are so Mm -hmm. many things. It's not one thing. It's about our physical bodies. It's about our mental health. It's about our emotions and whether they're stored in our body. It's about spirit, what happened before we were here. So it's so nuanced and unique to every single person. But when you start with acceptance and follow that curiosity that you're talking about, if you keep your eyes open, what is next is going to find its way to you. So follow that. Does that make sense? Oh, I, yeah, totally. Um, yep, definitely. An exercise that's popping into my mind um, that I like to do with people who've, a lot of people come to me um, from this place of like, I have not experienced happiness or joy since my abortion. Like, things are so dark. Like, I can even see my kids and know I sh- should be happy and I should love, like, not that I don't love them, but that they should bring me joy, but they just don't. Like joy and happiness have been sucked out of me. Okay. <laughs> that is a place that many people come to me in. Okay. And an exercise that I like to explore when we go there is like, okay, let's go way back to all parts of your life. Tell me like in in anywhere in your history, what brought you joy? Was it horseback riding? Was it playing in streams? Was it doing puzzles with your best friend? Was it like some people in the present have lost so much touch, like have lost touch so deeply with their joy Mm -hmm. that following, like I forget what you said, like following and being curious and letting it unfold is like so hard. So I just want to invite any listeners, like if that feels so hard to you, be like, Nothing feels good. I don't want to do anything. Um, I'll never be happy again. If you're in that place, go back and harvest your past. What you maybe it still, maybe it won't still make you happy, but at one point it did, and your body knows that. Your body knows what it felt like to ride a horse for the first time. Your body knows what it felt like to climb a tree for the first time. Your body knows what it felt like to get out a watercolor brush. Like if it's hard to be in touch with joy in your life now, maybe because it's been hard, maybe you've been in a hard place for a long time before this, go wait, go back as far as you need to, yeah. um, to, to feel what it felt like a little bit. I um, think that's a fantastic anyway, idea. That, it's yeah, a that's... great place to start. Another thing that I thought of from what you were explaining though, is who says you're not supposed to be numb and dark and not have joy right now. Yeah. Oftentimes what keeps us stuck is not our experience, but the fact that we believe we should be somewhere different. Oh, yeah. well, I'm a mom. I, I shouldn't find joy in my kids. Yes. Well, kids can be horrible sometimes. And if you're in a crappy place, why would you have joy from that? But it's the <laughs> judgment we place on ourselves of where we are versus where we think we should be. Yeah. And so in addition to going back to what are those things that brought me joy and how can I play with those now, how can I give myself permission to just not be in joy for a little while and not put the pressure on myself to me? And I'll just go back to my word of the episode, which is curiosity. It's like, you can be curious about your pain. 
Yes. What's it like? Like, what if, what if my pain were like a picture? What would it look like? What it like, even though it's not light and happy and joyful, like you can be curious about this exact misery that you're in. Mm-hmm. And it will change the way you experience the situation, the, the place that you're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of this is a have to, but like, if you don't want to explore your joy or your pleasure, explore your pain, like curiously, not like, <laughs> not in a, I don't know, I'm trying to find the voice that would sound like not non-curiosity, but, but like, where is it? What? What is it like? What what color is it? What where does it live in my body? When do I bump into it the most? Like, yeah. Or um, how would it feel if I move my body? Yeah. Does how it would change it when outside? I do this? Yeah. 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 Just there's exploring. no rules about how long you um you are allowed to be in the sadness or the pain or the grief or the anger, any of it. Like all of it. If that's where you are, like be there. Yep. Be there. <laughs> that's one thing that I think our society is, well, there's a lot of things I think our society is horrible at, but putting a time limit on grief. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, should, decide, but uh, yeah. I should be over this by now. There's yeah. one that I get a lot, right? Yeah. Like If you were supposed to be over it, you would be over it. And if you're not, it's because there's still something in there for you. There is a gift that is still waiting to be discovered in it. That meaning that we talked about earlier. Yeah. In my experience, and I'm going to guess from the conversation we've had, probably in your experience too, the most meaningful experiences of my life have been the dark ones. Yeah, for sure. So don't avoid it. Jump in. Definitely. I was on with a client this morning and, um, you know, in, if we're, if we're talking about like, a deck of cards like she's been dealt some harder cards to work with than I have like mm-hmm. she just has and at, you know in our conversation it's like in some ways that's an asset for you and in some ways that's not and and for me having not been dealt that harder deck like that can really be a blind spot for me not understanding like you can understand things in a way that I can't doesn't mean that you would wish that on anyone. Oh, let me give you this hard deck. Let me give you this hard hand so that you can figure things out and grow and learn. It's like, no, but here's what it already happened. Here's what it is. There's still, there's things in the experiences you have that you can find that I will never be able to find because I haven't had that hand to work with. Right. Like when you said there's, gifts in there there's something in there for you like if it happened to you there's something in there that you can you can find inside that's Um, my belief and that's it that's an asset like that particular client has gifts that I will never have access to because I haven't had those experiences I've had other experiences but um yeah I don't know where I was going with that but it it popped up as like if you have had a hard deal it can feel exhausting to find the gifts inside of it oh it um, is exhausting yeah but there <laughs> are feel that way <laughs> yeah like that's kind of a cool 
journey that you can take if you want to. But again, it's, we think it shouldn't be exhausting if it's something that's positive at the end, but this whole, again, it's a societal belief that life is supposed to be yeah. happy and joyful and good. Or and just like you said about the kids, sometimes they are little assholes, right? <laughs> it's like, no, it is and, hard. <laughs> and I'm not saying that we want, like you said, we're not calling in more of the heaviness. Absolutely yeah. not. But when we can learn to be present with, yeah. to be curious about, and to find meaning within every single aspect high and low, we don't have the need to rush through to get back to happy because we see the value in all of it. Yeah. Life becomes less exhausting. Yes. Right. And it comes back to acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is where I am. Yeah. Now. Okay. One more thing. I okay. think some people get a little um, swept away in um, some concepts that came out of the secret. Okay. And they think if I if I explore my anger or my resentment or my regrets, I will call more of that to me. I think mm-hmm. that came out of the secret culture. Yep, the whole manifesting it's, thing. Yeah. Yep. Do you have any words of wisdom on that? Oh, because yeah. that's that's <laughs> a thing I think a lot of people will, I don't want to go there because if I go there, I will attract more of that to myself. That exploration we're talking about into the hard stuff does not mean you're inviting more hard stuff. Absolutely not. It's essential to go there to find lightness again. And I agree with you back. I mean, I've read the secret back in the day. I don't remember exactly how they put it, but pretty much it was whatever you think about will manifest in your life. So think Mm -hmm. happy, positive thoughts, and then you'll have a happy, positive life. Right. And yes, you want to find positivity where you can. You want to find meaning, connection, attachment where you can. But what they actually are talking about is if you're sitting in your office, say, all day, every day going, oh, life sucks. This is horrible. Everything is dark. Everything is heavy. Yes, you will probably continue to have an experience where everything sucks and is dark and is heavy. But if you are confronting your demons, you're exploring your darkness and having lunch with a friend and getting outside and thinking, what are the possible positives that I could find in here? You're not sitting in one energy. You're sitting Mm -hmm. in everything that is. And so therefore you're opening up the possibilities that the universe can bring to you to everything that is not just that one vibrational state. Yeah. So you can't, unless you're doing it literally 24 yep. seven, you yep. can't do that to yourself. Like yep. you can't mess it up. You can't call more in unless you really commit to doing just that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Two things popped up. One is like, look for what's interesting, not what's positive. That mm. could be a way. I love like, that. That's good. Like, look for what's interesting in the anger, not what's like, oh, well, how might this be positive? And then also like, a different way to say it might be look for the value versus the positive, right? Like, cause sometimes like you and I said, some of the hardest things we've been through are the most valuable, right? Yes. They were still hard, <laughs> mm-hmm. but they were valuable. So it's like just two ways to use that language that might be helpful is like, no, I think that's a what's great interesting. Point. Look, what's for that. Look for what's valuable. What and has so, meaning. Yeah. Yeah. For you, again, 
for you, not for the person next to you, not for what you've been told. One thing that's coming up around this, I'm really being drawn towards oil painting. Mm. I've never tried it before. Cool. But it's like really dark or it's like almost black. Like, do you know what I mean? Where you just yeah. kind of see the shimmer of a face coming through. And I'm like, oh, like there's something in my body when I look at that. I just feel like, oh, pull to it. It's not beautiful. It's not pretty and light and sunshiny, but there's something I want to explore yeah. in painting with dark, thick oils. I'm going to send a little video I saw recently that I'm thinking about now that you said that. And I'll put it in the show links for anyone who's like, what was the video I want to see? I've said many times in in the last year that my draw is to watercolor and I'm still afraid to find it. (laughs) So maybe we should make a deal that you buy some watercolors. Let's let's make a contract. Yeah. (laughs) Sign on the dotted line. This is that friendship thing. We're going to through our painting. All right. Well, thank you so much. We do need to wrap up. Um, Where can people find you if they want to learn more from you? So you can find me on my website, which is melaniehustis.com or on Instagram at Melanie Hustis. It's a rare name, so I'm really easy to find. Okay. And Hustis for people is like hue, like color, H-U-E, mm-hmm. like hues. Yes. <laughs> S-D-I-S. That's All great. right. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.